Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 106 in Edmonton. The Edmonton Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. Austin Matthews back in for the Leafs. Freddie Anderson in goal. The Oilers reuniting RNH, Dry Settle, and Yamamoto, we think. Mike Smith, uh, we know, starts in goal for Edmonton. He's 6-1 and one this season. A 1.87 goals against average, 9.38 save percentage. The Oilers have not scored against the Leafs in the first two games of this three-game set in Edmonton. Toronto's been outstanding so far. Oilers now brought to you by Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Keep texting us. We're going to get to a text momentarily here on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. In fact, uh, as a reminder you that you can tweet us at Oilers now and Bob underscore Stoffer and Brendan Escott. Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. Just before we go to David Staples from the Cult of Hockey on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, I'm actually going to read a text courtesy of Sonny in Vancouver. I referenced the piece written by Frank Saravelli from TSN about the potential challenges for the 2021-22 NHL season. Uh, because of the fact that the United States has gone uh, full into uh, rollout and Canada's for the vaccination process has been a little bit slower. That is a reported story on TSN.ca from Frank Cervelli. Sunny in Vancouver has taken the time to text us, Bob, don't buy into the right-wing hype about vaccine rollout. Now that vaccines are flowing, Canadians climbing, uh, Canada will be climbing up the vaccination list. We should be vaccinated by the summer and worst case at the end of September. I'd be more worried about the United States and places like Texas where they still aren't vaccinated and lifting restrictions. You have a ton of variants coming out of places like that, etc. That one comes to us from Sonny. Well, Sonny, I read your text. Uh, a guy who's been covering the whole situation with the pandemic since day one for Post Media out of Edmonton is also 
the man from the cult of hockey. That is David Staples. He's our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. So, David, I'm going to put the question to you. Uh, should we be a little bit concerned with Canada's vaccination rollout at this stage? Well, Bob, I, I just think a, a fair assessment is it's been a disgrace to date. I mean, it may get better, but to date it's been a disgrace. Um, Justin Trudeau in September in the House of Commons made made it clear that he saw vaccine as the end game. This is how we were going to get out of COVID. And he promised at that time Canada will be first in line for vaccines. First in line. So it's a very important promise. He's not close. We're 51st right now in world vaccinations um, for a percentage of people who have had at least one dose, 51st. The United States, um, Operation Warp Speed, Donald Trump's Operation Warp Speed, they produce vaccines at an amazing rate. They're at 15.5% vaccination in the U.S., at least one dose, 15.5% of Americans. In Canada, we're at 3.9%. I just think that's that's just terrible performance, and compared to the promise of Trudeau that he made, it's it's just it's not nearly good enough. That said, Bob, we could be getting more vaccines. So you know it, they're ramping up. All these companies, these major vaccine companies, are ramping up um, with their testing and and their and their um, studies of the vaccines. Johnson and Johnson was just improved in the United States. So there could be such a glut of vaccine in the world that I'm hopeful that by September, like Trudeau's other promises, by September, probably the end of September, all Canadians who want one will get one. So I'm hoping there's such a glut that even a a country that's been as incompetent as Canada has at vaccine procurement will be able to be vaccinated by then. Uh, So, you know, would it surprise you if I told you right now you've you've got a couple people going at you saying you're just spewing more right-wing rhetoric by uh, giving the impression you have? The the, the part of the genesis of this conversation is Sarah Valley's written a piece, Canada's slow vaccine rollout could impact NHL's bottom line next season. This this is obvious as to what we're talking about here. And this is a microcosm of bigger issues in society. I mean, we all, you said at the end game, is... Uh, you know, everybody's got to get vaccinated and away we go, and then we can get back to normal. It affects virtually every industry, not just the one that we're privileged enough to talk about on a show like this. Uh, so it is, it, it's it's an interesting one for me, and I guess there's an outside chance we could get to the point where, uh, I mean, hopefully, did he not say 6 million by the end of uh, May? Was that not a target? By, by the end tar- of March, that's the next target. And, and you know, this, Bob, this isn't a partisan issue. We're all affected equally okay. by COVID. You know, it's either hammering people, all our loved ones are at risk, we're at risk, all our jobs are at risk. Like everyone's, this isn't a partisan issue. So I don't, you know, if, if people want to make it that, like I'm just talking about our Canadian vaccine performance and the promises that were made to us by our by our prime minister who, who needed to come through on this. Bob, I'm worried, like the the American teams are, you know, in Texas, they just said yesterday they're, op- they're taking away all the restrictions. Now, I don't know if that means if immediately the Texas, the Dallas Stars, can start selling out their hockey arena, which I think sounds a little bit risky. I agree with the, the uh, caller from Vancouver who said that. But they're going to quickly be moving towards 
uh, enough safety through vaccination, through herd immunity, that they're going to be able to open up in a significant way. And the looks, you know, Frank Saraboli's article says that Canadian teams might not be able to open up next fall. And that, that is a possibility. So what you could see is like playoffs by playoff time, American buildings being um, full up with, with fans and Canadian buildings still being uh, empty. So revenue sharing is going to take an interesting twist. Yes, it year. is. The Toronto it's Maple a- Leafs may be a recipient for the first time in NHL history. Uh, and it may be the first time it ever only the only time it ever happens. But I, I would expect that to happen this year. The Fizzler has texted the show, haven't heard from him for a while, says, don't get me wrong, Bob, I dislike liberals as much as the next guy. Well, I don't dislike anybody, but anyways, he goes on and say, uh, but let's remember that it was the Conservatives who sold off Canada's uh, vaccine production facilities. Was that, an, uh, and he's saying it was in the 1980s. Is that true, David? Uh, yeah, there was a nat- national vaccine uh, center. You know, th- th- that's a long time ago. If it was a problem, there's been, you know, how many years of liberal governments? We had the Chrétien, Martin, and Trudeau governments since then, if it was such an issue. You know, th- there there has been some issues with vaccine production in Canada, but we do have an industry. And a country like like the UK ramped up from nothing. They had a very small vaccine industry. They ramped up from nothing and are now one of the world's biggest COVID vaccine manufacturers. It, it was done. Some countries hit home runs and we're stranded on first base is the truth. All right. Former defenseman Mark Texas on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. You can imagine this is a hot topic, David. Sun- <laughs> and he says, afternoon, Bob, sunny in Vancouver. Keep those rose-colored glasses on. Blind op- optimism like that, contrary to actual facts, should keep you from going and saying the insanity uh, would be due to severe government incompetence on this issue. Um, and, and again, we've got, it's it's really gotten, uh, David, do you have some, some, some texters are saying, could, could Staples give us some examples of what should have been done better? You referenced Britain. So how did Britain basically go from zero to 60, to your knowledge? Well, I, I just, I, I think they made it their goal. I can tell you, like, I'll tell you, talk about, let's talk about Operation Warp Speed in the United States. Moderna, the company that's made this uh, vaccine that Canadians are using and is being used around the world, they had never made a product before, Bob. They had never made any product, and they made this vaccine from nothing. And they did it because the United States put in $18 billion dollars. $18 billion, and, and, and it's hard to know what we put in. I think it's in the, a, a few hundred million tops. They put in $18 billion, and they made it the goal to have the vaccine within the year. With, with, in Canada, there was no goal. And if you don't have a deadline and a goal, do you think a, a big, slow, cumbersome government operation is going to get moving without a deadline that everyone's got to meet? It doesn't happen that way in business, in government, or in life. You need deadlines. They set a deadline, they funded it, and they got the results. We just kind of, um, you know, we'd like to get the vaccine. We're going to be number one in the world when it comes out. And it was all wishful thinking. And we see the end result of that. I'll throw one more thing. Just you, you mentioned uh, different uh, prime ministers. To my knowledge, one of the most progressive PMs was a liberal in terms of recognizing the challenge that we could specifically have with pandemics and the elderly. And you know what I'm talking about here, Paul Martin. He tried to push through an extended elderly care bill and his own liberal caucus basically torpedoed him on it uh, just before Harper became prime minister. And for the guys that are maybe in their 30s, the fact that you have a, uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, the fact that uh, we now uh, have one, uh, one year uh, 
you know, a maternal leave. I think that actually the origins of those discussions began with the Martin government. So he's quite progressive. Uh, some would say, uh, you know, socially left on some significant issues, including helping out the young and helping out the old. So I don't want this to be a, a total hate liberals or hate conservatives or anything. It's just interesting because I always thought that Martin was a, a fairly... Uh, interesting uh, op because he was not the first choice as you know uh, for that party Chan was always sort of seen as the stronger candidate internally all right let's switch focus uh now do you think do you buy cerebelli's piece canada's slow vaccine rollout could impact uh, next season bottom line do you i mean it's an, it's he yeah. says he says it could impact emphasis on could it's an interesting piece again on tsn.ca well I would say that uh, unless there's a glut of vaccine, and there and there could well be, because once all the Americans get vaccinated by, let's say, uh, June, um, there could be a lot of vaccine in Canada suddenly in July and August, and there could be enough for all of us to get vaccinated. So, so there's a real chance that that by the success of countries like the UK and the USA that we're going to benefit from that, and the rest of the world will benefit from those countries. So. But right now, things are going very slowly. We're behind on that, that 6 million target by the end of March. We're, we're, um, we're behind, you know, 20, 30, 40 percent in vaccine delivery from the federal government in, to Alberta right now. So, um, it, you know, it's, it's in doubt. There's just no doubt about it, though, that they're going to be opening up, um, you know, four or five, six months earlier in the States than we are. And the, the funds are going to start flowing to the American teams um, which has an impact on, on both on and off the ice for these franchises. I mean, I think the Oilers are losing. I'm just going to guess here, Bob. I'm guessing they're going to lose about $50 million this year. And, um, you know, that has a big impact on the franchise. I don't know how it's going to play out, if Cates is going to just continue to, to suck it up and bankroll all that, but it's a huge donation on his part if he is. Um, anyway, Saravalli's Cer- piece... The other thing about Canada, Bob, is we're cautious up here. We're more cautious than the Americans. Yes. And that's been a good thing. It's kept our, in some ways, it's been a good thing because it's kept our numbers lower in terms of people getting yes. COVID. Uh, we can see in Texas right now, right? They're just ripping the Band-Aid off and going for it when it's kind of uh, iffy whether you should do that or not. I think in Canada, we're going to be, even if everyone's vaccinated, the question is, are we going to, even if there's assurance that we're all pretty safe, will we, will we open up then? And, and I, I think there's going to be a huge amount of pressure, but there'll be a lot of pushback not to because people are very super cautious up here and safety you know safety culture is massive in canada much bigger it is than in the uh, red states the republican states in the united states that's for sure yeah all right that's switch uh and again it's it's i've got lots ah don't talk about this i don't want to hear and then but it has a direct impact on sport that's an absolute given in every aspect of society and again there's lots of you that have been impacted lost your jobs uh you know maybe working for 75 percent of once if you're lucky what you once were and my heart goes out to you and you know what lots of us have experienced several different things during the course of this let's uh, hit on some changes tonight to the Oilers lineup you got your line back together what does that mean for even strength uh the Oilers offense with rnh on a line of dry settle and yamamoto you know i can see why dave tippett wanted to experiment and see if he could get balance see if he get uh you know both lines both top two lines going and but the fact is it's just been a it's a you know frankly when it comes to offensive production bob it's been a bit of a disaster um we let's just quickly go through rnh when he was with the dynamite line last um last january uh february and march played 27 28 games bob he had 27 even strength points 
28 games, 27 points. This year with McDavid, 24 games, 7 even strength points. Not even a third of his point production. Um, Yamamoto has gone from uh, 22 points in 25 games when he was on the, the dynamite line to this year 10 points in 24 games. Leon Dreisaitl has one quarter the number of grade A shots um, in, in at the, the rate of grade A shots when he was with the dynamite line as compared to being without Nugent Hopkins. So you look at every major offensive indicator, and there's either been a small, but there's most often been a really large drop in the production of those three players. And it, and McDavid has Dave. performed at about the same rate. He's been the, he's been he's been about the same. So it hasn't benefited him. Okay, all right. So the question I'm going to ask you here, David, did you, have you thought maybe the Drysaddle, Nugent, Hopkins, and Yamamoto were just on a heater last year for two months, or conversely? Are you confident that they'll? I mean, I know it's going to happen. If if the Oilers win tonight five two and those guys are in for in for three even strength goals, it's just going to make everybody go. Why didn't you do it earlier? But seriously, does there need to be were, were the scoring chances there supporting them being that level of productivity for two months? Yes. They weren't scoring at an inordinate rate, I don't think, on their chances. They, it, it, uh, they were, they were just generating. They, they were also generating more scoring chances then than they are now. So, the, the, you know, you're right, Bob. There's a chance that they're going to be flat. Um, Drysaddle's not. He's, he's a little banged up. We all know that. Maybe it's not going to work this time. But the only, you know, the, I would counter that with two things. Like, first of all, if it's not broke, don't fix it. If you have the best producing line in the NHL and it's on this incredible heater. Ride that. Ride that until the opposition stops it. Don't stop it yourself. So, so I just think we can't predict the future. We don't know how it's going to go. But if you, if you were to, what you're trying to do is to make, make the best possible bet. And the best possible bet is to have that top line in the NHL reunited, especially when you have Yesapuli playing so well with Connor McDavid. McDavid isn't bereft of a top skilled linemate anymore. You've got Pugliarvi, and you have Dylan Holloway possibly coming. Um, Bob, that guy is just ripping it up. I, I heard your interview with Granado yesterday. He's ripping it up. Tony Granado says he wants Holloway to move right, when he, leave college when he's ready to be in the NHL. I think that time's now. And, it, and it's a stretch, I know, to say he should be on the top line. But when you look at that kind of point production... <laughs> I just want him on the... Like, I want him on, you're saying put him on the top line. I know, he's got 1.83 points per game and he's not playing at even strength with Cole Caulfield. People yep. need to think about that for a second. Like, they basically got the two of the two of the, the two top scorers in, in uh, the Big Ten right now aren't even playing on the same line. Where does that happen? Well, besides Edmonton. <laughs> it's, it's it's incredible. And, you know, compared to his uh, first year in college where yes. he was he, he struggled to put up points, uh, you know, like a first-round draft pick should. But, man, has that guy ever taken off? I'm not saying put him on the first. I'm projecting I that he might work his way up to that. It's And the point production he's having in college certainly suggests it's not crazy talk. Well, he can skate, and he's a big kid, and the Oilers could use some speed on the left side. So, And I'll be the first to admit, I wanted Seth Jarvis. By the way, Seth Jarvis was leading the American Hockey League in scoring yeah. uh, when he went back to junior here. So uh, Carolina got Seth Jarvis at 13. Holloway has totally surprised me in terms of the offense, and I'm really happy because I didn't hear as positive uh, reports last year at this time on him. Very quickly, David. Um uh, any concerns about Ethan Bear's uh, overall performance this, this this season? 
Yeah, I think he struggled. He struggled um, with injury. He was benched, you know, sent to the press box at one point. So this is, you know, it's just not me saying this. This is confirmed by the coach's opinion of him at one point. He just seems to be off his game. He is kind of a, you know, he, he was so on it last year, on top of things. And he really deserved to be in the top four last year. I don't see it this year. You know, maybe he's going to step up and um, work his way through this. He certainly got that potential. But he struggled... Um, and defensively, especially, he's he's making a lot of mistakes on grade A chances against more than any other Oilers defenseman at even strength, by my own count. And um, so uh, this, he's a, he's got all kinds of potential, but the performance isn't there right now. Uh, one final one for you. Uh, the Oilers had to throw Leon Drysaddle as a center uh, on two PK scenarios, D zone draws in the second period against Toronto the other night because Gaetan Haas and Jujar Kerr are struggling. Uh, looks like Kyle Turris is back in tonight. You concerned about the three four hole right now at center? The only time faceoffs matter, Bob, is the only time they really matter is on the penalty kill. And then they really matter. At even strength, face-offs are just one more battle of many battles, and it's not as critical, especially, you know, because it's usually so close, you know, how many you're winning and how many you're losing. You lose that, you lose that first face-off on the PK, and they control the puck, and then you might not get it back until they score. So it's a very that, – that is a tough thing. That said, I agree with what Speck said yesterday. He said he liked everything about Gaetan Haas's game except for his face-off stuff. And, and Gaetan Haas is a, just a much better defensive player than Turris was, the Turris we saw. Jujar Kara is playing great two-way hockey. So there's a face-off issue. I don't know if you can work through it with the two players who are in place. I hope you can. Uh, but they're both doing a great job at even strength in terms of two-way play. So I, I just think that's vastly more important, even as important as face-offs are on the penalty kill. Their two-way play at even strength merits them being in the lineup. And I, and probably doesn't force the Oilers to make a trade because these guys are going really playing strong hockey there. 125 in Edmonton. David, you've uh, you've reached the uh, I was going to say you've reached the epicenter of our listeners. No, you've reached the extremes of our listeners. Randy says <laughs> Staples segment is certainly a weekly highlight on Oilers now and you've got at least other uh, two other texters saying, I'm turning this off. I hate listening to David Staples. Uh, so, that's about right. I know, I get that in my own household every night. No, I don't want to watch The Crown tonight. Okay, uh, thanks a lot, David. We'll hook up again next week. Always great talking with you, Bob. Bye. You bet. You bet. That is uh, the cult of hockey's David Staples. Of course, he is Post Media's writer for COVID and the pandemic uh, here in town. And David Sarawitter is now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less in Wetasco, and outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford is now a 10-time President's Award winner for customer satisfaction. Why do they win it? Because they treat you fairly when you buy a vehicle. They offer fair prices on warranties, insurance coverage, and financing fees. And if something goes wrong, they got a great service department as well that will take care of you and look after you. Um, I, there's, a, there's a rumor that Cam Moon is uh, there's a connection between Cam Moon and the folks out at uh, Brent Ridge Ford as well in Wetasquin, where cars cost less. So let Uncle Milt Rich Johnny in the game. At Brent Ridge Ford, lend a hand. You can reach them at 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. When we come back in one minute's time, our North Division report for Craig Hummel at REMAX Excellence. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. 
Darnell Nurse, plus 12 in the season, playing 25-49 per game. This is Oilers now tonight. It appears as though he'll be reunited with Ethan Bear. It's a very good uh, pairing for Edmonton last season, too. Our North Division report brought to you by Craig Hummel at REMAX Excellence. Back of the 630 Chet Studios, Brendan Escott. Toronto at 17-4-2, has a seven-point lead atop the North Division over now second-place Winnipeg. Montreal halted a five-game losing skid, beating Ottawa 3-1 last night. Keeps them within three points of third-place Edmonton. Vancouver's 26 games played are the most in the NHL, but that recent dry run has them in six. They've got a five-game homestand starting tomorrow against Toronto. And interesting to note, Bob, uh, looking at six of the league's top ten scorers, uh, I believe there's a couple ties for, like, fifth place in there or what have you, but a lot of it coming right out of the Canadian division when you look at the production of Matthews and Marner and, of course, McDavid and Shifley and the guys in Winnipeg as well. It's been pretty impressive offensively. Brought to you by Craig Hummel at Remax Excellence. Finding your dream home, listing your old home, it all starts at soldtodayedmonton.ca. Find it, love it, move in. All right, that's our North Division report. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update back with John Shannon. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.